so I so I you I know you're a movie fan, and I thought maybe we could talk movies because that's something you're into. Yeah. Um. Uh. So what what <coughs> what brings you out today? Again, I think you you said you're going to the movies later. Knock at the cabin. Yeah, I try to see two movies a week usually. Two movies a week. Yeah. I've as I've gotten older, I've started enjoying movies more and more. Do you remember going to the movies as a kid? Yeah. Um. Yeah, my dad was always a moviegoer, and he would take me a lot. Did I, he take you to R-rated movies? <laughs> That's funny. I remember when uh, Tinseltown opened, opening weekend. I was I must have been twelve years old. He took me to see Goodwill Hunting. Okay, and, that's and that was uh, that was probably not. There's some swearing in it. Yeah, I don't know. That's like I feel like you're fine at yeah. twelve. Yeah, I, I, I would was take my twelve year old. I was fine, but looking back on it, it was. Uh, I, I, I definitely didn't appreciate that movie back then. It was just oh, outside sure. my yeah, yeah, outside maturity your, level. Um, I remember my dad taking me and some friends to Gladiator, okay. Russell Crowe. Yep. Uh, and the, the store clerk was like, are these all your kids? Because it had to be your parent if yeah. you were under mm-hmm. 17. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, why, did, why would the clerk even care? Oh, like, my gosh. Like, I can see, okay, yeah, you're selling booze, but to get into a movie yeah, with an adult? Yeah, to get adult, into a movie. Four years ago, yeah, I was 31 years old. I went, to, I went to Cinemark. There was the girl behind the desk. She must have been 18, 19 years old, young girl. And she's like, yeah, you need an ID to get into an R-rated movie. And I was like, I, I, I was so taken back. I bent over and showed her a little bald spot. I, I've done that, I was yes. like, I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a policy. The bald, the baldness is usually a sign. Right? Yeah, I and I was like, like, okay, I guess that's a compliment in a way. Ugh, God. Now, doesn't, now I would kill for it. Doesn't feel like but a compliment. Back then, yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for it. But. You know, and as a movie person, I'm, you brought up bald, the bald spot. So I notice as a bald man that the villain is almost always bald. Oh yeah, bad guys are mm-hmm. bald. They don't have time to take care. They're of their white. Hair. They're usually a little overweight. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, that's your average bald guy. Yeah. Or bad guy. Bald mm-hmm. bad guy. See? And then, oh, oh, The Rock. Oh, Jason Statham. Oh, like, these guys are bald. Sure. But they cut the top of their head off in most of the shots. Mm-hmm. I, w- I watch a lot yeah. for this. And they don't even show their hair to hide that they're bald because they're supposed to be good. That's a good point. Baldism. Yeah. One of your favorites, one of your least favorites. Just five you got something to say about. And then I I, I will go back and forth with you. So do you want to start? Do you have one? Okay. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you four noteworthy recent films I've seen. Okay. And probably my favorite movie of all time. Oh, let's do it. Only because it's not probably at the top of most people's list. All right. Let's hear it. What's your first first movie that you want to discuss? I want to talk about Infinity Pool. Because that okay. was the most recent <laughs> film I seen, and I know you Oof. saw it. Uh, I did. I saw it all by myself in the movie theater. There was no one else there. It was opening night. It was uh, 9 p.m. start. Like, the total creep time to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. And when I bought my ticket online, I could see there were two other tickets sold. And they never came. Oh, wow. That's weird when that happens. That is a little weird. Um, so I was in the theater by myself, and I, yes, I saw Infinity Pool. Do we, are we, do, are we going to spoil it at all? Um, I guess. I, yeah, I think we have to yeah, if we talk so, about it. So you just jump ahead about two minutes if you don't want to hear any spoilers <laughs> for Infinity Pool. But Infinity Pool, in a nutshell, is about rich people going on vacation in a poor, I'd call it a European country. I think it was Croatia. Or the Ukraine. That's the countries that got uh, oh, really? banked in the beginning. I think it was Ukraine. Wow. I came out. I came out. I was thinking Latin American. No. The, oh, the guy. Remember the, the like lawyer, doctor, creepy guy came in? Yeah. And I've seen him in films before. He's played just sort of the Euro thug. Okay. Yeah. So that, yeah. I, and it says thank you to Ukraine, I think, or Croatia in the beginning. You know what? If you want to know what it is, go look it up. This is a bar. <laughs> I'm not Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> Um, and these rich people go on vacation, and this guy's really bored. He's got he's got money, but it's only because it's his wife. He married rich. His wife's perfect. She's beautiful. He's pretty much got everything, and he's a failed failed writer essentially. 
And uh, he meets this couple. And, and the one rule at this resort is do not go outside of the resort. It's not safe. The couple gets him to go outside the resort. An accident happens. They get punished. So the, the, this is only in, all in the first, like, 15 minutes. And, yeah. like, I kind of thought this was going to be that a was little the trailer. bit more drawn out. Yeah, the yeah. trailer gave you the first, like, 15 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell else is going to happen in this movie? And uh, so you discover that, you know, they have this technology where you can clone yourself and if you have the money, pay for that clone to get killed because the law is that someone has to die. You have to die for your crime. And the, if you killed someone, then the person in their family gets to kill you. And, and you have to sit and watch it. So that's what happens. It's pretty graphic. This is what's so graphic about this movie. I guess I've seen a lot of shit, so I don't feel like that's the craziest thing when people are like, oh, it's so horrid. But then he becomes addicted to it and likes yeah. it. And that's where the movie got a little twisted for the, me, and I kind of enjoyed it. Now, you want to say you didn't. I did not. Well, I, I always have this problem with movies. I, I can appreciate the art and the concept, because Hollywood definitely needs more films like this, where it's just so out there, so beautifully made, I guess, the, um, in terms of like the cinematography and stuff like that. But... It was unhinged in such a way that I felt uncomfortable. And it was a Cronenberg movie, which I know that's most of the, the appeal. And I have actually never seen any of his other movies, but we've seen his dad's movies. Dan, uh, it's Daniel and Brandon Cronenberg. Yes. I couldn't even tell you which one was which. The dad is Daniel. I believe Brandon is the one who made this yeah, movie. And yeah, and Daniel, he's made, I know The Fly with Goldblum, mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum, because we all know Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum from Jurassic Park. And uh, all of it, basically, he's played that character in all of his future roles and stuff. And Jeff Goldblum's great. And he's uh, there were other films in there, but it's just this body horror yeah. is what uh, they've kind mm-hmm. of come Surreal. to be known for. And you you see that in the film. And I know what you're saying about the cinematography and the weird like this psycho trip they give you with mm-hmm. like the hallucinatory images. And it actually said that in the preview before it said this movie may have images that is, yeah. that are subject to uh, hallucinations from rapid lights and stuff. And yeah. it was a trip, especially sitting there by my fucking self. Yeah. Oh my God. And, uh, and they were, they were so long and drawn out. It, it really makes were. you sit there and think like, wow. Like I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I guess that's why I look like the movie because I, it made me feel something. And that goes to what you're saying. It need, we need more movies like this because one of the th- I can't I've seen a lot of movies just like you I probably see I see two a week between the theater and at home and uh, a lot of the movies I see I think about what if Quentin Tarantino directed this yeah just little things like there's so many movies out there and they're trash and I don't mean it as good trash I listen to another movie podcast uh, called The Big Picture which I really like shout out to that podcast uh, Sean Fantasy Chris Ryan. Uh, Amanda Dobbins, I think I got all your names right. Uh, there might be other people, but you're great. You're one of my inspirations. They did a plain, plain trash. Did you see Plain? No, I haven't no. seen Okay, it. you didn't see Plain. Okay, but Plain, uh, I saw it. I liked it. I thought it was everything it needed to be, and they did a thing called Plain Trash Movies, and uh, they meant it as like a compliment, like movies that are kind of trashy, not meant to be taken fully seriously. Yeah. But I don't like that. When you hear trash on this podcast, I mean it sucked. I mean it was a bad movie. I mean yeah. it's trash. You're garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Literal. I don't think that uh, Infinity Pool had much trash in it. I thought it, it was very artsy and interesting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, what I was saying, Quint, if Quentin Tarantino directed uh, the Marvel movie, like a Marvel movie, yeah. how much better would that Marvel movie be? Would it? Would it, and, and I use Quentin Tarantino as the only example, but any other director, any other artistic vision, everything feels so formulaic. Yeah. There's not really many chances taken in any of this popular cinema. Well, and that's, that's one, of the, one of the main things I've discovered just watching more movies in general and going out of my way to watch these um, out there movies. Like, shout out to A24 because A24 gives their directors full control. There's no studio control behind them. And you're getting this art, essentially, and it's 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 so needed. But for every you know great movie they come out with, there's you know you're going to deal with movies that just don't hit. And for me, this was one of them. But I can still appreciate that you know the the vision, even the execution was good. But it was just so the ex that execution scene was wild. Yeah, vivid vivid scenes made you feel things. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. A fun segment that I've heard in other podcasts is the double feature. Like, what would you pair with this film? 
so I, I mean, you know, this is a this is a bar conversation, so we don't have notes written down. So maybe you got something off the top of your head that you would pair with uh, Infinity Pool. You know where my my brain went was um, Pearl and X, mainly because of the Mia Goth. Oh, okay. connection. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Those are both. I have yet a little to, bit. I have yet to see Pearl. Okay, Pearl was better. That I've heard that take because Mia Goth is like the most amazing underrated actress in Hollywood. And what did point. you think of her in Infinity Pool? I loved her performance. Yeah. Um, but now I'm getting to the point where it's almost approaching like fangirl type levels where I think I maybe you're blind. To I, it I've reached the point her. where whatever she does now, I'm just gonna be like, oh my god, amazing, unbelievable. She did it again. But in Pearl, it was. I wouldn't call it a body horror film, but there were aspects of it in there. And that that's the kind of thing, and X and Pearl themselves, that's a double feature made right, right. in heaven. They for made sure. it for that reason. But that's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I recently watched Everything Everywhere All at Once. Wonderful movie. Great movie, right? And, you know, you get the Oscars and the media machine will tell you what to watch because it says these movies are great. And I go back and look at actual Oscar nominee, nominated movies. I haven't seen a lot of them. A lot of them are movies I end up not bothering to see. So, yeah. so, so to see one and actually like it, it, it feels good. Like, for example, last year's best, best picture was Coda. I didn't see it before it won. But once it won, I watched it, and I thought it was fantastic. Really yeah. good movie. Won't get into it, but it's about a, a girl who can hear, and her passion and power is, you know, passion and thing for life is to sing, but her family's all deaf. And that's such an amazing, like, Greek tragedy type thing, yeah. like, that your your dream is to sing, and all the people that care about you can't appreciate it, and it's almost you throwing it in their face mm-hmm. that, that that's what you want to do, this one thing that they can't. Yeah. Um, anyways, going back to uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, the most Academy Award nominations this year, I think, with eleven. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen all of the films yet, I kn- and I know, uh, but I, I feel like it's the best one I've seen. When I first heard it advertised and marketed, I heard it advertised as like a Marvel movie, like a, in the, uh, it was an adjunct Action. to the Marvel. Mar- I heard Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. Yeah, is what that it, movie's about. It was. Like. It was like a studio marketing team had heard that it was multiverse related. And the only thing they ever had to go on was, like, the Avengers. And they said, oh, okay, like like superhero stuff. And, and we could get another $100 million at the box office. Yeah. Somehow it's, not, even though it's not at all, but it's tied to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. Who are the, who's the writer and director? What is the only other movie? They've only done, like, one other movie. Can you think of it off the top of your head? I can't. Maybe sip your beverage and that'll, it'll come to you. Um. I did see a Reddit post. Um, one of the brothers posted on Reddit in 2016 talking about this movie they were creating. And at the time, their working title was Hot Dog Fingers. And they, they said it was a good movie. They just needed to find a studio to make it. And it was before they hooked up with A24. And he's like, we want to call it Hot Dog Fingers, but no one likes that name. And looking back on it, yeah, that would have been a terrible title. But Oh, my gosh. That would have been terrible. Is that a true story? They were going to call it I, Hot Dog Fingers? I saw the the comment on Reddit, a Reddit thread, but I, I have no idea if that was actually one of those brothers. It was before they were famous, so I... I all right. Everything, everywhere, all at once, the, the creators were uh, Daniel Kwan and, and Daniel Shiner. Oh, and that's yeah. Why it yeah, says the Daniels, two Daniels. And that's yeah. why Daniels is what it says for the creator. Swiss Army Man, a movie oh, I have not seen. Excellent. It's got Daniel Radcliffe and... Excellent. Uh, that's one of those movies where... Paul Dano. Where you appreciate the art so much, it's it's so out there and it's so like nothing you've seen before. And if you don't like it, you're gonna hate it. But so would you pair it as your uh, double feature? Does it work well with uh, everything ev- everywhere all? Yeah. Else? Oh yeah. yeah. Like um, if we get into a couple spoilers here with everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert for the next minute. Um, like the hot dog fingers, the dildo scenes. Um. Just the, the raccoon. Yeah, the rac- the randomness. The you have no idea where it's going. Swiss Army Man is one of those movies where you have no idea what's real, what's fake, what's going to happen next, and then it just ends. 
and you're you're sitting there in the theater. I saw it with my dad, and he's an he's a he's a box office popcorn movie guy, uh, Avengers stuff like that. He's not into like the artsy movies, and we talked for maybe forty five minutes after that movie, and he just could not understand how that movie could be made, distributed, and actually shown. Like he had no idea. As in, he disliked it so yeah, much. He and you like he, liked he it. had. Like, he needs to be shown and told the themes. He doesn't, like, see the... He does, he's not into filmmaking. He's into 90-minute action movies and superhero movies and stuff like that. And he could not believe it. But it is so amazing. And Daniel Radcliffe is so good in that. And that wasn't too long after Harry Potter stuff. So I would I would... 100% do a double feature with those two movies. So you recommend Swiss Army Man. I haven't seen Swiss Army Man. I would, I would recommend it. Sundance Film Festival, it won uh, Best Directing. I, I believe that was an A24 movie as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you mentioned A24 before, and I wanted to throw in, that's almost the way people should look at movies now. Or When I was a kid, or I think most people, it's like, oh, The Rock's in this. We should see it. It's got The Rock, or Leonardo DiCaprio, or mm-hmm. Kate Winslet, uh, Kate Blanchett, even though I still haven't seen Tar, but that's just because it wasn't in theaters anywhere. Come on, just because we live in Wisconsin doesn't mean <laughs> we don't want to watch artful movies. Yes, can we, we need, get Can we get some movies over we here need an in art California? House. An art How house. How about you, New York? Can you come and you send some stuff our way? Uh, we're people, too. Uh, what, was I gonna, what was I talking about? You're going to see a movie for the actress or actor. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, they go to the movie just to see the actor or actress. And really, it's become for me, as, and I don't know if that's, this is becoming that film critic or you're growing to appreciate it more, but you go for a writer or you go for a director. You yep. go film for snobs. a film studio, A24. I really like A24. The one that I always got excited to see was uh, Paramount Pictures. It's before uh, There Will Be Blood. Okay. Which I, I'm going to throw two out there. There Will Be Blood. That's one of my most favorite movies. I've rewatched. I've watched it probably twenty or thirty times, and the more you watch it, it becomes a black comedy. To me, it's got Daniel Day Lewis. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, have you seen it? I, I've seen it once. I Only did once. not care for it because <laughs> that is not my genre. Like I'm, I. It, it's another one of those movies where I watched it and I was not blo- your genre. What the f- does that even mean? I am a weirdo when it comes to movies. Um. It's, it was another one of those movies where I sat back and I appreciated it. As the acting was great. I, I like the concept. I think you need to rewatch it. And, I, and watch I, it as a comedy. Okay. Yeah, because I definitely did not comedy. watch it as a comedy the first um, time. There, there's, a, there's a part... There's no spoilers to this movie because it... I don't know. It's just about a man who discovers oil and how his greed overcomes him. But uh, it's really good. Just go watch it. Do yourself a favor. The first ten minutes have no dialogue. Just some amazing filming for 10 minutes, and it's yeah. incredible. And if that doesn't suck you in uh, to the art of it, uh, I don't know. Maybe don't watch it. Go <laughs> go watch uh, Transformers again or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, the one of my favorite parts from this movie, and it's such a nothing part. You got Daniel Plainview. He's heard about the oil, and he's going to look for oil, and it's just him and his son. And this movie, it's 1908, and he, he comes upon the family... <laughs> And he's looking to camp. He knows this is where the oil might be. And he, he comes in and he says, we were hunting for quail, hunting for <laughs> quail we are. And uh, the man says, oh, yeah, no, you're welcome to stay. And then immediately Daniel Plainview's like, do you have bread? And that is a question you will hear a hundred times in a year. And you don't even realize it. Like if someone says to you, do you have bread? And he says it in this movie, and it's such a throwaway line. Do you have bread? And he's asking for bread, but he's really about to take everything from this man. He's taking all of the wealth that should be theirs. He's taking it, and it's incredible, this menacing words of, do you have bread? So every time I say or hear the words, do you have bread, and I love it because my mom uh, knows the same thing. She laughs. She, if she <laughs> hears, do you have bread, she goes, we have potatoes. Because that's how he responds. No, we have potatoes. The ground's too hard to hold the grain. And so it's such a sad thing for someone to be asked if they have bread. And his answer is no. A literal tragedy. Like, you're watching these people's lives. We have no fucking bread. And then this man comes in and takes everything from them. Um, 
Anyways, it is a fantastic movie. And now I have one more thing to say about it because I've always wanted to talk about this. And maybe uh, Sean Fennessy will listen and he'll appreciate it because I know this is one of his favorite movies. I think, and I've read this theory, I read it on IMDb back when that was like the only source of like movie information uh, when this film came out, because this was 2007, 2006, 2007. I read for the trivia because Paul Dano, which we brought up from Swiss Army Man, is Great in this it. film as well, Great. and he plays two roles in it. He plays, apparently, twin brothers, and I just think that's bullshit. I think it's the same person. Okay, now you've only seen this film once, yeah. so you might not have thought about it as much as I have. Paul Dano plays the twin brothers uh, of, the, of the man that we just talked about who has no fucking bread. Uh, Daniel Plainview is approached by one of these twin brothers, to and, uh, and he tells him about the oil. And, the, and Daniel Plainview is very, very threatening, and he offers him $500, very s- specific number here, $500, for the information on the oil, and he says he'll disappear, and Daniel Plainview says, if you're lying to me, boy, I'll find you, and you, and you don't want to know what I'll do. And, and it's, it's great. So Paul Dano disappears with this $500. This is when Daniel Plainview and his son show up at, to that family. They're looking for bread, quail, but really just looking for oil, and that is when Eli shows up. And Eli is Paul Dano also, apparently a twin brother. Yeah. He runs his own church and stuff. So he is not the twin brother. These are these are separate brothers, apparently in the film. The one you know went off with his five hundred dollars, he's yeah. the black sheep of the family. But I believe Eli was him. He took that five hundred dollars. He uses that five hundred dollars to build his church because Daniel Plainview offers them $5,000 for their land, $5,000 donation to the church. But later in the film, at the end of the film, when it, when it comes to Daniel Plainview, he says he owes $500,000. You owe the church five Because he never gave that original $5,000, how would he have built the church with the original $500 that he got when he was pretending to be the twin brother? Also, at the end, before he kills Eli, spoiler, <laughs> he says to him, your brother is making $5,000 a week. Yes, $5,000 a week. He's making 100 barrels. He's got fields. I pay him $5,000 a week. He is throwing that in Eli's face. Mm-hmm. I give him, you really, his brother is really out there making $5,000 a week from Daniel Playview. No fucking way. He is talking shit to Eli. He is saying, yo, <laughs> I know you're the twin brother because he doesn't want to admit he was the twin brother. He doesn't want to admit he invited the man into his life to have everything stolen. This man, uh, Eli, can't admit it to himself. So, and Daniel Plainview knows it. He's questioning it the whole time. You're the guy. I know you're the guy. And that conversation is never had. I've never heard anyone talk about this. I had, I've heard, I listened to the, there will be blood rewatchable. Bill Simmons, ringer, a good podcast. Thank you. Uh, for the inspiration, but why not the conversation about this? Eli and his brother—I can't remember the brother's name—they are the same person, and that is what it's about. This religious figure invited this greed into his home and had it taken from him, and it's just all about more and more creates more and more conflict to me. Uh, I think that's what happened. Supposedly, the actor who was going to play the other brother wasn't able to make it or was sick that day or something, and so they just had Paul Dano do both. But I think that's all too coincidental. There's no way. It doesn't for... Twins? There just happens to be twins? For that kind of move, like, it doesn't seem... And they would take the time to replace... Paul Thomas Anderson has come out and said, no, they're, they're definitely twins. And he wrote the movie, directed the movie, but I call bullshit, Paul. Bullshit, Paul. <laughs> Paul, you hear me? Maybe that's just how good of a... A, a good of a writer Bullshit, he Paul. is, where you can take a you can take a thread he like that. He knows. He knows what he did. He knows, and he's just rolling like twiddling his fingers, like. <laughs> well, he certainly established enough to. Uh, <sighs> get there, there will be blood was a great cinematic masterpiece, and it, it. I remember that year as the last time I loved the Oscars and was like, "Oh my God, what's going to win?" Because it was There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. Yeah, and No Country for Old Men is a movie that you made me think of when you said Swiss Army Man and just ends. And that's exactly what No yeah. Country for Old Men does. So t- that kind of brought it full circle. And I guess now we're back to you. For- I know I told you five or whatever, and, you know, if we don't get to five or if we talk ten of them, it, you know, it's a bar. 
Yeah. There's no rules. Yeah. I've got I mean, no rules. You got to be 21. But besides that, there's no real rules. We can we can sit here till closing time. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I got nowhere to be. Man, I ain't doing no Joe Rogan four, five, six hour <laughs> fucking podcast. Let's, that is let's, crazy. Let's dude. find some DMT. Hey, Joe, Joe, can you cut your podcast in half so that other podcasts can be listened to? Please love small time podcasts. <laughs> okay? God, I, I, oh, it's so long. It's a full time job following Jesus. Joe Rogan. Um, really is. Okay, your movie. Okay, so I'm just going to work backwards in time here, chronologically. Um, the Whale. Okay, haven't seen it. Okay. No, no, A24, big surprise. A24, okay. Um, brilliant. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser's Revelation. Who, uh, well, I don't know why The Mummy isn't remembered as great of an action movie as it is, but it is. It the is. Mummy was an amazing action movie for its time, at its time. And maybe that's because I was like 13 or 14 or whatever age well, I was. Well, the thing about The Mummy is it came, I think, why we remember it like that, that was our coming of age, kind of, around that that era, that five to seven year era, um, it was our introduction. You know, we were getting out of the space jams and, and Rachel stuff Weiss like that. Is hot, yeah. Well, and that movie is funny. She's great. If, I, I'm so, I, if I call a woman hot, don't get into my messages about how I shouldn't talk about women that way. It is a compliment. She's Rachel gorgeous. Weiss is she's gorgeous. Stunning. She's beautiful. She made me want to watch every other movie she was in because she was so charming. It, it, she presents very, very well. And she's, Much she kills that role. to Rachel Weisz. She kills that role. Kills it. Like, I can't even picture another actress no. in her spot in that. And she plays it. I, I, this child wonder that she carries in the beginning. Yeah. That she brings to, like, how the adventure makes her. F- uh, yes. and, and Brendan Fraser, he, he, the same way. He's, he's, like, the most honest actor to do it. Like, you, like. Fuck, the whale's really good. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're talking about the mummy. Well, the mummy, <laughs> I want to finish my point on the mummy, is, like, it's funny. It's action. It's serious. It's moral. Like, it's good versus evil, essentially, in three directions. Love the good versus evil story. Greed. The, the trope. The whole, um, the whole uh, adultery and revenge line from the Egyptian side. And then the fact Brendan Fraser and... Um, his partner. His partner. They're... Partner's name. They're, they're in it. <laughs> they're in it for good. And no, no, no. Wait, who are you talking about? You're talking about her brother. Yeah. Um. He's he's the, pretty much the comic. No, I'm talking about. Uh, is his name Bobby? I don't know. Or what? Uh, Bobby. Uh, Benny. Benny. Yeah. It was Benny. Yeah. He's, he's Benny. He's more of the comic relief, but but he's the bad guy. I mean, well, he. Tra- well, he tra- but he's he's, a, he's, he's the foil. Yeah. He's the foil to Brendan Fraser's that moral. Actor is great. Uh, Kevin O'Connor. What what else is he in? Let me tell you. Uh, most recently, Widow. Oh, you know what he's in? He's in There Will Be Blood. <laughs> he's, everything he's, everything, comes, everything back. comes back to There Will Be Blood. Everything is connected one or two or three things away. And it's like that in life. Yeah. Oh, you know his fi- my favorite role of uh, Kevin O'Connor? Uh, Benny from The Mummy and then also Brother Henry in There Will Be Blood. Uh, my favorite movie of his is Deep Rising. Oh, Have Deep Rising. Deep Rising with Rising. Treat Williams? Yes. Treat Williams. You don't meet any treats anymore. There's no one named no. Treat anymore. Uh, Deep Rising's fucking great. 1998, Deep Rising, just creature feature sci-fi movie. Uh, a cruise ship is stranded. These guys come to steal all the money from it, and everyone on it's dead already, and it's, I don't know, really good movie. Go check it out. Yeah. Okay. All of these tangents aside, we want to get whale. back to the whale. The whale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Is I'm, you know, I'm so glad he got a chance to come back. Are there any spoilers for this? Sorry, um, or that you're gonna say? I I d- I don't think so. It's a pretty straightforward, yeah, um, straightforward story. So heartfelt. The whale. Here's your little informational moment about the whale. If you if you're thinking about seeing it, or even if you didn't want to see it, here's you get to hear about it without without watching it. Yeah, and um, and I think a lot of people won't see it because yeah. it is kind of a sad. Tragic. It doesn't look like something you want to put yourself through necessarily. Tragic. Tragic is the exact word for it. It's 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 sad. I I cried for probably about an hour but watching it. After or during? During. God. And um, it's the the whole span of the movie takes place, um, probably between a week and two weeks, and you're just getting this cross section of um, the character Brendan Fraser plays and how sad his life is and the the people around him 
Um, he's got an estranged daughter who he's trying to reconnect with as his health deteriorates. His ex-wife, who has given up on him, shows up again. And they're trying to deal with the fact that no one in this movie is a bad person, but they're all dealing with bad things they've done or struggles they've had. Regret, shame, all those all those themes are there. And Which are all things that we as people feel in our all of our aspects and yeah, everyday it's, lives. Yeah, it's, it's relatable. And as... Um, as someone who has been overweight in their life, like this is an accurate representation. And I've, I've seen this movie getting a little hate that it's maybe perhaps fat phobic or something like that, or portraying fat people in a way that's um, stereotypical. Not respectful. I, what, yeah. Not, not what a, stereotypical. What a, what a hard. Yeah. I, you can't talk about it. Well, hard to and talk that's, about and that's the it's thing something that's hard to talk about. The, that's the why part, yeah. the part that made me cry is like, the struggles that Brendan Fraser's character deals with throughout this movie are like things I felt like I've seen him do things that I've done before and the regret and the shame and the fear of seeking help and, and things like that. And it, at least in my experience, like there was nothing it's, it's human emotion. It's mental health. There was nothing Brendan Fraser's character did that was stereotypical. He was living the life of someone who has lost control and he wasn't a bad person, and he was trying to make amends, but he couldn't, like, his character was so big, the whole movie takes place within his, his apartment. Trailer, or his apartment. His apartment, and his, you know, there's people out there trying to take advantage of him, there's people out there trying to help him, and... Uh, I, can I, I have a question about uh, his size, so... Sure. So, or, or, and how that relates to the Oscars, because that's kind of why this movie is coming up. He's, sure. not, he's being nominated for Best yeah. Actor, and he might win. Even by the time you're listening to this, he might have already won. And I bet he'll, he'll give – if he wins, he's going to give a really emotional speech that, that brings – it'll bring me to tears. Yeah. And if, if you got a soul at home, you probably will be brought to tears too. My question is uh, a lot of times actors win these awards with the body makeup, you know, for yeah. uh, Charlie Theron uh, in Monster did something, and Nicole Kidman did something to her nose. I can't think. I can't think of any more specific examples right now. And if you look it up, I'm sure you can find more. How much of? I know he got bigger in real life. Yeah. But did he? Does he wear like, or is there even more? There's. Yeah. He's wearing a. He's wearing a suit. And I would, if I had to estimate, I would think he probably got up to between 250, 250 and three hundred pounds in real this life. Role. Yeah, I would, I would, I would guesstimate. But the character is five hundred, six hundred, six hundred pounds, and Fuck. he is in quite a suit. And there's, you know, like his neck needed to be embellished and things like that. And a lot of the movie is dedicated to his movements and his lack of ability to move and um, the equipment he needs. A grabber is plays a central role. A walker, a wheelchair, and his struggle. At one point, he drops a key on the ground and it's the filmmaking is so good and it's so tense i bet and all all he wants to do is get into one of his bedrooms and the key drops and you your heart drops the tension of just a dropped key and it's it's (laughs) insane how just one man trying to traverse his apartment has has that much emotion i it's it's a brilliant movie Brendan Fraser needs to be cast in way more things. I, I, I'm so glad they took a chance on him for this, and I don't know if they had him necessarily in mind when this was written or not, but it was, it was a brilliant performance, and brilliant performances all around, and it was written in a way that was so simple yet so heartfelt. I, this, is my, this is my movie of the year for sure. Really? Yeah, it, but it's early. But last really? year, okay. Last year, uh, the next movie. Well, I wanted to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once, but we well, kind of hit on that. L- that came out early before, last year. Before too. you do that, I, I can remember two movies now that I, that you made me think of. That I just wanted to throw out there in relation to the whale because because you, you made me think of them. Well, the first movie I thought of uh, when you brought this up, and I asked about the bodysuit, and it's about you know this overweight person, is what's eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, have you seen what's eating I've, Gilbert Grape? I've seen that Johnny yeah. Depp and uh, young Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, and then I honestly, I've only saw that movie once and it was, I only saw it once because it's so sad. Yeah. I, I felt like it was sad. 
Uh, but I, I, a funny story about funny story about what's eating Gilbert Grape. You'd think there's no humor in that movie. Um, I saw it when it came out when I was a kid. It came out the same year, and I know this for a fact. It probably came out the same day or month or week as Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. I went with uh, uh, the babysitter and her younger brother, and I, he was my friend, and we went and saw a double feature of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective and What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So I sat through fucking Jim Carrey talking with his butthole and then watched Johnny Depp like oh. have sex with the girl in the grocery store and go home to his mom who I don't remember how much she weighed, but is she like the size of the whale? That's what made me think of it. it I, I feel like she's bigger. She ends up having to be taken out by like a forklift or something. Yeah, I, it's close. I mean, that movie is so sad. And Leonardo DiCaprio plays a handicapped, uh, mentally challenged child. Um Wow, and and I just watched Jim Carrey make me laugh for freaking ninety minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not a, a good double. Feature. No, <laughs> not a good double feature. So I guess with the whale, since we're there, uh, if you think thought of your double feature for the whale, I was thinking what's eating Gilbert Grape. The other movie uh, you made me think of because you you were talking about how it made you cry for an hour is uh, Requiem for a Dream. That's that's a messed up. Movie. I've only seen uh, Requiem for a Dream. I think is in my top five movies all time, but I've only seen it once. Yeah. I like I can't watch it again. I don't think I want to watch it ever again. It's so it ugh, just crushes your soul and your heart. Uh there's a the 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 most the most uh compelling or heart-wrenching character to me actually is Ellen Burstyn, uh who I believe was nominated for an Oscar for this film, but she she just plays an older woman, you know, stuck kind of addicted to television and buying things off the shopping network and just seeing how old people could be taken advantage of like that. It, uh. And then there's crazy drugs and sex stuff. But but that older woman story just really, really crushed me. Thinking about my family, just people out there that are older and maybe, be, maybe being alone and being taken advantage of. Yeah. And it's much more popular to think. So look after your elders. Be nice to them. Hold the door for people. Uh, and let's see. The only other movie uh, you made me think of when you talk about crying a lot during a film is uh, The Pianist. Okay, yeah. And I'm not even Jewish. Well, <laughs> that movie, I just sat there holding myself yeah. and crying and covering my mouth. Like, every scene in that film is so damn tragic was the word we were using. Tragic's the word, word of the day here, mm-hmm. I guess, when talking about these films. Wow. What, and then that was Adrian Brody getting an Oscar, and I don't know what happened or if I missed something, but apparently after that he sucked because he never got like good roles. Maybe typecast. People thought maybe it wasn't fair that he, or he wasn't supposed to win that Oscar. I don't know, but that movie he's always been underrated. I felt that movie like. killed me. I loved him in the Predator, Predators, his mm-hmm. his Predator movie, awesome. Uh, he was also in the first episode of Poker Face, which is a pretty good TV show. Check it out. The double feature for. The Whale. The Whale. I would say two movies came to mind, and they're not quite in tragic in my mind. Were, were Precious, The Wrestler. These kind of... The Wrestler's awesome. Yeah. These movies, it's it's where they they focus on one person and, and I the think that's a perfect people one. around them, and you, you get such an insight into the human mind, and it, they're so beautiful, and they're so well acted that it just that those were the first two that came to mind and uh not both sad in a way but not quite as you know i think those are perfect recommend I, without having seen precious or the whale i just can imagine what you're talking about yeah. and then i've seen the wrestler I actually watched it recently uh, for the first time what a ugh, what an awesome movie did mickey rourke win best actor for that i believe he did yeah ugh, that movie's great it, i mean you don't even if you First off, if you don't like wrestling, stop being a hater. Okay, we know <laughs> we know it's not real. Uh, it's performance art, and it's awesome. Just let yourself go and have a good time sometimes. Okay, your fourth film, Erica, A Man Called Otto. Oh my God! See, I, I don't want to see that movie. Oh, it's so good. It's, you said it's good, and I just I, up I until I saw I, the whale. It was my picture of the year, which oh, that's fuck. that's how I do it. It just seems it's I it seems. I don't know. Tell me what it's about. I okay. Guess. Tom Hanks. Let me get another drink. Sandra, can I get another <laughs> drink? All right. So it's Tom Hanks. Um, he lately has been taking role. Like, he does not care about box office anymore. Like, he's been taking roles. He did that Apple TV movie where it was him and a robot in an apocalypse. Finch. Finch, yeah. 
great movie. I didn't watch that yet. Either. Didn't get nearly as much appreciation. Maybe I should watch it. These streaming movies are so underrated. No one hears about them. And you that was have to commit to them. Though, yeah. Because you're not paying to sit yeah, down exactly. and be locked in. And that movie was so good. And now he's Tom Hanks is taking these roles where, I mean, it helps him and his wife are getting producer credits. And uh, he, he put his son in this movie, too. And his son's not an established actor, I believe. You mean Colin Hanks? No. Colin is his nephew, isn't it? I think it's his son. Well, his other son, then. Because it's not Colin Hanks in this movie. If it was his nephew, he'd say, you ain't using Hanks. <laughs> even if I, it's Tom me, Hanks, even if, Tom even Hanks seems like really... the nicest guy in okay. Hollywood. All right, so you want to bring that up? Yeah, okay, let's, let's about, look into it. Well, can we talk about Tom Hanks and his links to the... the, the the children ring or whatever. Yeah, he's he's creating a a, a family dynasty. No, or he's I've trying heard to. Uh, Colin Hanks, parent Tom Hanks, father. Oh, really? Well, okay. So click Tom. He's Hanks. a good actor. Of course, he's. I Tom guess. Hanks son. I guess. I that makes sense. Why did I think he was his nephew? I don't know. What was, he in? what was that movie? Orange County. Well, Orange County sucks. I liked it. It sucks. <laughs> it's it's trash. coming of age. My my it is a my trash movie. And you know what? That's one of those movies. People want movies shorter, but when your movie's like eighty two minutes long, I, you didn't. You fucking didn't make a movie. Long, yeah. That's TV shows nowadays. Orange County film. Let's see what's runtime. How long is that movie? It's it might even one hour and twenty seven. Bullshit. That it is not that long. Eighty seven. Eighty seven minutes. minutes. Fuck yeah! With a, seven a long montage at the end, bullshit. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! You look didn't up, make a movie. Come on, you didn't have enough content or what? Look up Tom Hanks' other son. He's in this one. Tom Hanks does have a second son, uh, Chet Chester Hanks. Goes by Chet Hanks. There was an article that came out about. Doesn't say he was in Man Called Otto though, so he must have another son. Well, how many it's children recent. does Tom Hanks have? See, I, I don't know how good of a guy Tom is Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks. Uh, he's good at keeping his life private. He's not all about... Yeah. How many kids... Uh, you know which one I did watch? Uh, Greyhound. See, and Greyhound, I don't know if it's good. It's not good because of Tom Hanks. Greyhound is good because of the, the, the cinematography. Yeah. Really makes you feel like you're out on the ocean. Uh, did you watch that one? No, I did not. Uh, well, I would recommend it. You're not paying attention to me. You're reading about Tom <laughs> I'm t- Hanks. I want to... Son. I wanna, he's got Talk four to sons. The person next to you. Stop being on your <laughs> phone so much. He's got four sons. He's got four sons that we know about, well, it, that the internet knows about. The, <laughs> what What is with this Tom Hanks slander? I, He's the nicest man in Hollywood. I like Tom Hanks. What happened, though? Okay, I I, I don't prescribe to all the, the, the conspiracy theory stuff, I, but I do read about it. And one of them that was read about or, or was leaked or something was Tom Hanks' involvement in what, the... Uh, the Epstein thing. Was he at Epstein Island? Oh, Was he... he yes, I'm just saying he... His name was linked. To either it. either everyone's involved in that or no one's right, involved. Right, and it's all bullshit. I, I, uh, it's not bullshit. That's serious stuff, and it's bad. But what's bullshit is that someone can just say that. Like I read that story. Like his name was yeah. somehow tied to it, and now I'm googling it and I can't find shit. But it existed <laughs> for a time. Yeah, and that put an image in my mind of this man. And uh, I don't, again, don't believe everything you read or see or hear or whatever. You know, you got to do full investigating on on the things you want to lock into your brain as your actual beliefs and things you're going to stand by. But there was, he moved to Greece and got Greek citizenship with his wife. Okay. Rita Wilson. Yeah. Well, and is that just fucking coincidence? You know, but people talk about, they're like, oh, that's why he's doing it. He needs another country to live in, a country. Who, I want to know who in this world is trying to bring Tom Hanks down. Because I want to fight that person. Bring down the bring downers of Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a saint. <laughs> and I cannot even, I never heard this, what you're saying, but I, t- Tom Hanks is a saint. And anyway, let's get back to a man called Otto. He had his son in this. There was an article written in the fall about nepotism babies, about people high up in life who are only getting where they are because their parents are giving them opportunities that they wouldn't normally get. And I thought Tom Hanks' son in this movie was great. I didn't even <coughs> I didn't even know it was his son until after I'd watched it. I heard about this movie and I saw it the same day. Never watched the preview, didn't know anything about it. I I was surprised our theater actually had this cuz I never saw a preview for it. I went and I saw it. I cried for about 45 minutes during it. You just cry at I, all the movies. I'm a crier, yeah. I cry at movies too. I'm a crier. And, and we're very, pretty different people, I think. Yes. But but no, 
movies make me cry if you can channel into the yeah. Well, I if you can feel it. Yeah, and it's it's funny now because previously in my life I would try to hide that emotion and try mm-hmm. to pretend like I didn't do it. But now I'm at a point in my life where I'm embracing that, and it's it's crazy that like the way when you let your emotions have control, how much more you can enjoy something. Hiding a thing. I remember as a kid, my love of movies, maybe it comes because that's, that's what we were given in the 90s. If you're a 90s child, you had like a VHS player and you watched movies. Your, kid, mm-hmm. your parents put the movies on over, over and over, same over. movies. And maybe you recorded movies from TV and you had three on one tape. But my mom would have any, a lot of movies, every movie. But, but I remember Dirty Dancing specifically. And just at the end when, when I have... The time of my love comes on, and he comes on. And says nobody puts baby in the corner. My mom just, <laughs> just she's got her hand over her face and fucking hiding it. And it just—I've always like, when I was younger, you'd look, I'd look at her and be like, "You crying, ma?" And yeah. And now, I'm that person. I'm at the movies with my niece, nephew. I take my girlfriend, and I'm the one that's crying. And I always like. Afterwards, got to explain to them why you should have been crying. Where's your soul? Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny so, how. Yeah, um, I, I feel you on the, the I, hiding the cry. I got a, I got a funny. Don't story. hide your tears. My, let them go. My dad, we, I went and seen the movie Miracle about the 1980 mm-hmm. U.S. hockey team with my dad, yeah. and he was getting choked up at the end, and I could tell he was trying he did, to hide did he not it. Not know we were going to win. No, he, <laughs> he's he's a hundred percent sports, and he's. Plenty patriotic. So maybe it was remembering his experience oh, yeah. as a child? Yeah. He would have been, been um, 63, 17, 18 at the time. So right, cool. right that coming of age. And Miracle, top 10 movie of all time. But What? Uh, I, yeah. I, I watched it once. So I read, what? I got to watch Russell. What? Perfect. You, you Watch it again. Watch it again. I'll it's, watch that again. You got to watch There Will Be Blood I will. again. I will. Okay, I got to watch Miracle. But anyway. But yeah, and my dad was crying at the end of it, and I remember looking over at him, and I was like, "He's hiding that he's crying right now." But anyway, uh, a man called Otto. Um, it is a gem. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Wow, that's the best movie I've ever seen." But I've I've calmed down a little bit after that. It's it's that heartfelt. What, that's what you told me when I saw you yeah, at work. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, Tom Hanks plays the kind of stereotypical grumpier old man. Like he scolds people, but. Still, everyone around loves him, even though he's he walks around and he's the kind of person who checks to make sure his gated community is locked. You understand that's just the way he is. Yeah. We all and, know people and, uh, and just accept that's who they are. And what you realize is, as the movie plays, uh, minor spoilers here for the next minute, um, that everyone around him accepts him and loves him because they know his backstory. And throughout the movie, his, the back his backstory is slowly given to you. Don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it for me. I won't. But um, <laughs> Just because I don't want to watch it doesn't mean I won't. A very progressive couple moves in across the street, and they force him, essentially, throughout the movie to become a loving neighbor. And, uh, you know, they, they chip away at his crusty old manness, and uh, you, you find his heart throughout the movie. And um, the part the part that um, made me cry a lot was um, there's a good uh, representation of a, a transgender character in there. And uh, he connects with this character um, via his wife. And um, it's, it's such a touching movie, and it builds. It's a slow build. It's, they never take a step backwards. They build, they build, they build, they build. And at the end, the payoff is so wonderful. You're, like, you're rooting for this man so much and they it's not a long movie it's probably only an hour 40 I would think and maybe an hour 50 well you know how I like a movie to at least be more than 87 minutes yes <laughs> I, it, you know it could even be two hours I, I wouldn't be surprised two hours and six minutes okay see that's hours. I have this Perfect. weird thing I do where I judge a movie by how long it feels to me and how long it actually is. And you just said shorter. Yeah. I, it felt like an hour and a half when and I watched probably, it. Because that's, that's a compliment. I loved it. I would, it, it was a three-hour movie. It felt yeah. like an hour because I was sucked in. A lot of times. Even, even Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was my movie of the year last year. It's a longer movie. I remember thinking during the movie, like, wow, this is long. This is drawn out. And they could have cut 15 minutes, I think, and made it a better movie. But they didn't have to. And they certainly 
made a masterpiece Payoff anyway. is there. But with this movie, it it flew by, and the payoff is so big, and it's just the way a lot of movies these days want to give you everything up front and then kind of develop off that. This movie gave you nothing and slowly gave you the pieces and built a puzzle, and it was so beautiful, and every every frame built to the end. And uh, I haven't really considered a double feature pick for this film yet, but um, any movie that centers around someone suffering and slowly putting their life back together, I guess, would be a good uh, pair with this film. It's a, it's, a, it's a movie about community, love, understanding, and being vulnerable. And uh, I, I want to give spoilers, but... Um, Don't spoil the fucking movie. It's... I, <laughs> It's so hard. Wait, is Tom Hanks actually a girl? No. I'm just not. Okay, which we we already touched on. Uh, Great movie. I don't want to talk about it too much because I think more people will see it and need to see it. It'll get a lot of push and pub with the Oscars coming up. And and just go see it. And it's, it's a good movie. Don't look too much into it. Yeah. Like, just go blind. That's it's, what I tell everyone for every movie. Go in blind. Try not to learn. Just experience it. And a lot of movies have different, uh, like, suck-in points. You know, maybe it takes a minute. Maybe it takes 10 minutes. Maybe it takes 30 minutes. And I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is one of those 30-minute suck-ins. You know, it, there's a lot going on in the beginning. It's almost three different movies. to throw at you. You've got to give it 30 minutes. It's not anything you see in the first three minutes. It's not just that. So, yeah. yes, check out Everything Everywhere all at once. Okay, so that was four. I don't know how many I gave, but I think we already have too many uh, on the table uh, that I'll have to put in the list of subject matter for this <laughs> podcast. So you said you're, for your fifth movie you wanted to mention uh, your favorite movie, like the best, your best movie. Yeah, and it, it's an Adam McKay film Okay, who recently did Don't Look Up, and uh, it wasn't a, one of his top movies for it sure. It was, it was a little preachy. It was entertaining. Um, a little preachy, but um, Adam McKay made this movie called uh, The Big Short. Okay. What's your favorite movie? Yeah, of all time. Really? It's got, it's star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. It's broken down. It tells the story of three different groups of people. With the housing crisis, With right? the housing crisis in 2008. It's t- it, it shows the side. Um, it's, it's okay, you want to talk double feature. Um, there's a movie called Margin, Cl- uh, Margin, Margin Call, Call with Kevin Spacey. Margin Call yet. Demi Moore, um, Jeremy Irons. That's your double feature for yeah. The margin call shows um, the executives of a big bank who overextended themselves and are facing uh, total dissolution. They're gonna bank be bankrupt. And the Jail big time, yeah. The big bankrupt. short is the other aspect. These small investors who saw Figured the housing crisis collapsing and they shorted the market and they made a millions, billions. Billion and um, one million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it follows the story of a small, smart investment banking group who worked through <laughs> Goldman Sachs, I believe, as like a partner with Goldman Sachs. Um, it follows Christian Bale's character, who was a guy who ran an investment fund, who was the first one to. Um, understand the crisis and it shows his story and then these two amateur um, armchair investors who realized it and their journey to get the accreditation to be able to invest to short all these stocks and it's got it's got Steve Carell Brad Pitt Christian Bale um, the guy from Driver Ryan Gosling Ryan Gosling and uh, the guy from Driver (laughs) I'm so bad I've never seen that movie you haven't seen Driver no I'm weird it's not it's I that's a movie that has like a five minute suck in. Yeah. The first five minutes are fucking cool. I, I have no idea. It's critically acclaimed. Everyone I know liked it. But it's, it's fine. The the director, he's a creepo. Yeah. He makes some creepy stuff. Yeah. But um That might be you know what? Drive and Oh yeah, I inf- said driver. It's drive. Drive Baby and Driver is a good movie also. Baby Driver also a good different movie, but Drive and Infinity Pool might be a good double feature. Could be. I they never both saw. make you feel a little fucked up. Um but anyway, the big short, it also, Adam McKay's style of filmmaking is, um, he breaks the fourth wall a lot. So, like, they have, um, 
Margot Robbie does a little cutaway scene where she's in this bubble bath explaining the nuts and bolts of the housing crisis to the layman. Who, Using a, like a roulette table, I think, right? No, that was, I believe, Ariana Grande and the chef. Um, another, a similar, another Anthony Bourdain. Another scene yeah, in the film. Yeah, there's okay. three of them, I believe. And um, they explain it to you so the characters don't have to explain it. You just watch their story. And then even throughout the movie, Ryan Gosling is constantly turning to the camera and explaining how this this Hollywood movie you're seeing is actually like, like there's Steve Carell has an outburst in the movie and Ryan Gosling turns to the camera and explains he actually said that at a Hollywood or at a Las Vegas conference while this was happening. So you get the scope of how insane this was. It's like a, it's like a Hollywoodized biopic and it's star studded and I've probably seen it 40 times. And I think you're definitely speaking to Adam McKay's style. Yeah, uh, it is. what he brings to the films. Yeah. And, and he's a good filmmaker. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's appointment viewing from now. I see Adam McKay's name. He did Vice also. Which another, was I, another one I haven't seen. It, I, see, I, there's so many. Vice was good. Um, the thing about Adam McKay is um, he's a huge progressive, and he lets his politics ink into the movies. And the big short, he doesn't. It's a pretty factual view because with the housing crisis, it wasn't a political event. It was a greed event, and greed is universal. But his his politics, even though I agree with all his politics, can become a little bit preachy. But the big short, for my money, if if I could only watch one movie ever again the rest of my life, that would be it. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I, 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 I've, seen, I've seen it once. Yeah. For me, I don't know. If I could only watch one movie over and over... The Negotiator with Samuel L. Jackson and Dad, Kevin Spacey. That's a that's a top fifteen. For I me. love that movie. I don't know why. It's not that good. That's one it's of those so movies. Absurd. When TNT has it on, I can turn that on God, at any point, and yep. I'm watching the end till the end. I love The Negotiator, and that might go back to my dad, who who took me to the movies a lot. And that movie, I think, was 1997, 1998. So I was like 13. Or oh, I would 14. I would say maybe even earlier than that, 95 uh, or 96. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, the Negotiator. I can't believe I just chose the fucking I was going to say, that is a weird pull. It's a great um, movie, it, but I don't know if it transcends. I just know I watch it a lot. I, I could just watch it over and over and over. Um, so, Erica, thank you. That was five films. Um, you are on your way to see a film. You're going to see what? Uh, Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin. I did go see it. It's good. M. Night Shyamalan. I won't say anything besides yeah, that because don't spoil it. Because it's you know you don't want to spoil it. M. Night it's Shyamalan an M Night movie. movie. You don't want yeah, to be that guy. Uh, I know this is a movie podcast, but you know we're also at the world famous Brad Stop. Sure. Uh, the Blank Walks in the Bar podcast today. Erica walked in the bar. Uh, this will be a, a movie fan walks in the bar podcast. We'll make this a regular uh, segment. You know, I got a lot of people in my life that like movies, and if you couldn't tell, I love talking about the movies. So. Uh, I, I got your, I, I'm looking for two things from you. One, favorite, uh, a podcast. I want a podcast recommendation. Oh, this is, this is rough. It um, could be movie related because this was movie centric, but if you've got something else you'd rather throw out there. I, I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. Um, the, the two that popped to my mind are both related and kind of corporate. I, I like This American Life from NPR, um, Ira Glass. It's, they're, they, geez, they must be 1,500 episodes in by this wow. time. An hour an episode, they take two or three stories. Okay. Um, very popular. Okay, I, I have not listened, but I okay. think I've heard you say that before. And so it's cool recommendation. because they have so many, they have so many podcasts. You can Google This American Life and just type a topic. And they've done cool hmm. stories. Not pop, like they dig, they dig deep to find these stories. And then my second recommendation based off of that is the Serial Podcast. Serials. I, I listened Sign, to the first season. Yeah. I never listened to the follow-ups. The, the follow-up seasons are good. And the then, first one is wild. Yeah, it is. What a listen. Yeah. But then, um, do other you think th- he's innocent? I do. I do, too. I do. And he's out now, I believe. Is he? I yeah, I believe that. he got I'll a new trial. Look, I'll have to look at it And I believe up. he was acquitted. Okay. Two uh, podcast recommendations for you there. The, the Serial Podcast, This American Life. I will recommend a movie podcast. I, I said it already. The Big Picture. It's on the Ringer uh, Network, which is a Bill Simmons uh, production. Uh, it has Sean Fennessy. He he likes movies. He likes good movies. I think he's about 40 years old, 45 years old. Sorry if I aged you, Sean. But uh, 
he's got good. He has great guests. He just had M Night Shyamalan on. Oh, okay. Um, so he gets a lot of current, like relating to what's happening. So M Night Shyamalan came on, and, and I didn't listen to it yet because I hadn't seen Knock at the Cabin. Yeah. I have since, so I will listen to it. Uh, and I'm thinking about how um, maybe a month or two ago he had on a, uh, is it Zach Kreger, uh, Barbarian. Oh yeah. And so uh, he has like, do you know people you want to listen to and hear their takes on movies? If you like movies, I, the big picture, give it a listen. Okay, got your podcast now. Uh, since we are at the world famous broad stop, I do always want to ask someone. You know, give me your. Uh, you got a best story, a good story. It doesn't have to be your best story, but. What's something you remember happening at the broad stop? A, a story you've told people, or a night you remember? Like, you know, you know. What's wow. what's a story you got? Only one. Only one. I know you, you'll come back and you can tell another one sometime. But <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on crazy stories. Could, I could have a whole show. I could do have a, a whole This American Life fifteen hundred episodes yeah. of broad stop stories. And I guess that's the goal. That's <laughs> the the plan. Um. Okay. Let me think for a minute. So, it was maybe 2008 or 2009, I just moved up from Busser to Cook, and um, I was working with the current kitchen, or the, at the time, the kitchen manager was Larry Wade, and it was just me and him on some weekday, and Gene was maintenance, and he was working on one of our pressure chicken, chicken pressure broasters, and there was no oil in it, and he had turned it on and left, so the flame had just burning inside, and these have lids, which you screw shut to make them airtight. And the thing had been on and burning, but there had been no air in it. So it was burning on the inside, getting up to, like, it had to be over 500 degrees. And me and Larry are working, and all of a sudden smoke starts b- billowing out of one of these brosters. And he looks over, and he calls um, Gene over. And mind you, I was 20 or 21 at this point, I think. And... um just started cooking, intimidated by everybody still. And uh, Larry says, hey, f- something's wrong with that broaster. So Gene comes over, and he says, yeah, that's weird. And <laughs> he unfortunately, his first instinct was to open the lid, oh, to fuck. let the oxygen in. And he opened the lid, and I was standing nine feet away. And the flame was, the flame went 12 feet high, and it was pure, deep purple. I don't know how hot flame has to be to be deep purple like that. <laughs> but it reached the hoods, which suck up the exhaust in the mm-hmm. kitchen. And it instantly hit the mercury that um, we have the system of, it's called Ansel. the spray. Ansel. And it, it essentially sends a powder into the whole kitchen to suck out all the oxygen to kill the fire instantly. And it coats everything with this white powdery oh, substance. Fuck. And it instantly went off. And so it's me, Larry, and Gene in this kitchen covered in powder. And you don't, what you don't understand is, like, you spray a fire extinguisher in someone's face, and it dissipates. This stuff does not dissipate. We all started essentially choking on whatever this powder was. And um, so we leave. Uh, the fire department was, must have been instantly notified when our system yeah, goes off. Automatic. And so we leave. And uh, the whole, every grill, every fryer, except... One end fryer and one small grill, burger grill at the end of the kitchen was covered. And you can't, you can't just wipe this stuff off. This needs to be deep clean. And, uh, and the restaurant's still open. Yeah. The restaurant's still open. And your, your dad was notorious for being never closing, Fuck, never closing. So, um, the fire burnt (laughs) out quick. The, the broaster had nothing left to burn. So that fire went out and, um, we leave the kitchen Fire department comes. They see there's no fire anymore. Everything's okay. There's no structural damage. The fire department leaves, and your dad comes out and says, we're still open. We're still going to have food. And we're like, well, what are we going to cook on? And he's like, we got one fryer here. We got one grill here. And we we cook our brats on an open flame broiler here. And we're like, well, what are we going to cook the brats on? And our Parkway Chateau Banquet Hall had a grill in the back. So while Larry cooked all day, I, I went the maybe 200 yards in between our kitchen and banquet hall, haul, cooking brats back there, hauling them in a pan up to Larry so he could cook them. Oh, my God. And then we cooked fries, burgers, and brats all day. And then that night we had people come in, deep clean our whole kitchen, and the next day opened like nothing. We never missed a beat. 
that's yeah. that's my one go to. I have more stories, but that's my one go to. It was it was such a surreal experience as someone who had just become a cook and was like, "Is this what being a cook in a kitchen is like? Is this is this the cook experience?" And I was like, and that was such it's such a broad stop thing. Like I I feel like Chili's shuts their restaurant down. I feel like. You know, cheddars—they're—they're they're not messing around. They have a fire; they're—they're cl- they're clearing out. But I don't—I think maybe a customer had to wait ten extra minutes for a brat that day. But other than that, you would have never known. And it was—it was cool because we the brat stuff. yeah, we made it work because that's—that's what the brat stop does. A lot of places say oh they're family goodness. businesses, but only at the brat stop is it actually like truly a thing. It's—it's yeah. it's amazing. I love Erica, that story. Thank you for that story. I didn't know that was coming. Uh, I hope uh, everyone out there, if you enjoyed listening to the Blank Walks on the Bar podcast, please uh, subscribe, listen, share, rate, review, yada, yada, yada. You know, every podcast, they tell you that. But it is true. It, it's the only way for these small podcasts to grow. So please tell your friends. Uh, Erica, I'll see you uh, at the bar again soon. I'll see you in the kitchen. Every Thank day. you for all the hard work you put in. I'm very, I'm very happy you feel accepted here at the Bratstop. In my book, in my heart, you always have been. Thank so uh, I hope you enjoy your movie. I will. All right. Thank you. Catch you next time. Bye.